I'm a little embarrassed this morning because <laughs> Kathy and I have been friends for years and I just found out I'm pronouncing her name wrong. <laughs> so it is my pleasure to welcome you and to introduce you to our group today. And first let me share just a little bit of information about her. Kathy grew up in a pharmacy family in Seattle. She was taught that drugs had all the answers to pain and illness. After her mother's substance use disorder lasted over 10 years, Kathy watched as her mother became free through experiencing salvation, prayer, accountability, and spiritual growth through relationships in a community of Christians. Kathy and her husband, Alan, moved to the Tri-Cities where she completed her BA in education did graduate studies and taught bilingual education in Pasco and Kennewick public schools. On weekends, Kathy began visiting the local jails and seeing the needs of women. She began the jail ministry through which affiliated with the Northeast, Northwest Teen Challenge in 1980. This group began Tri-Cities Women's Jail Outreach which now is a team of 31 trained volunteers focused on, focusing on reaching women in jails, in prisons, by correspondence, and in our local community. Kathy and Alan have two children, their spouses, and two amazing grandchildren. I introduce to you Kathy Ritter. Thank you so much, Pat. And uh, Pat and Jim have been a real blessing to us as well. Um, this doesn't happen, a ministry like this, an outreach like this doesn't happen with just one person. It's a whole team effort. And uh, we appreciate our team members that are with us and so many who are not able to be here today. They're out doing other sorts of things and uh, serving Jesus in, in other ways too. At first I was asked by your pastor to stand up and introduce myself in our outreach. That's simple, right? But I was surprised when he asked me to share a full message from God's word. Oh my. I hold the pul pulpit in high regard and I'm honored to share God's words from my heart. I understand that your sermon sequence, you normally would be reading started, starting with Luke 6.27 today. As I thought about those verses, I realized that before putting those verses into practice, we need something else in our spiritual backpack. That something is trust. Will you read with me from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? If you have your Bibles, you can find that. And I've printed it out. <laughs> I didn't know how big the stand would be. And uh, in the New King James, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. We're to trust him with all our heart. Hmm, okay, all our heart. So that's kind of a bridge. We're not to try to figure it out all the time, right? not in our own understanding, because it's always going to be a little bit off anyway. We need to let him do what he's going to do, and we can follow along. In NIV, 
the word acknowledge for that next line in all your ways acknowledge him in NIV it says submit to him oh no oh no there's that word but I like the word yield isn't that a better word we can use that same word and not say submit we can say yield to him so we will yield to him and he will direct your paths it says he makes our path and from the Greek it's smooth and direct and straight. Our very first director of Northwest Teen Challenge started in Seattle in the late 60s. His name was David Torres, and he and a brother in the Lord started a bilingual outreach in Seattle. And they built, or they went into the first Teen Challenge residential home on Capitol Hill that was an old monastery. So they had everyone, both men and women, in that building, which they found out was not always a good idea. And the women's program was moved clear to Graham, Washington, after there were some children born from Teen Challenge. <laughs> the fire escape was quite busy at night. So at that point, things were changed a bit. But David Torres, what's interesting, I thought of that as I just read this, he will make your path straight. David Torres, after he was the director of the Pacific Northwest Teen Challenge, he came here to the Tri-Cities. I believe he was either in the Bateman building or, or a block down, and he started Straight Street Ministries uh, while because we didn't have a men's teen challenge program here at the time. And uh, that's just a little piece of Catholic history. Uh, he loved Jesus with all of his heart and uh, wanted to see people come to know him too. I could have done a whole message on the verse that we just had, but we need to know how to trust. In jail, we learn how to apply all that we hear from God. It's easy to quote volumes. Have you ever received letters from individuals in prison and it will be eight pages single-spaced of all those wonderful verses? but without the ability to go ahead and follow those through. It's important not just to hear from God, but we need to learn how to apply it. And that's the tricky part for all of us. Let's discuss two areas this afternoon. He wants us to trust his word, and he wants us to trust his love. We won't do three-point sermon today, we'll do a two-point, and that way we'll get through it. <laughs> and you won't worry, because three's coming and we haven't had it yet. First, let's trust his word. Let's go back to the beginning of Luke and read verses one through four, first chapter of Luke, one through four. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand and said, and are miracles of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word and delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Isn't that great? That you may know with certainty of these things that you've been instructed. This isn't just some story that was passed on. 
This was the original people who walked with Jesus, who talked with Jesus, who knew him closely for three solid years, who were embarrassed by things they did when they looked back later. They knew him. He was the real deal. He walked, he talked, he was with them, and again, they were embarrassed because they didn't figure things out a lot until they looked back later. This is the book that Dr. Luke, the physician, wrote. So think of that when you see the healing miracles and, and things in, in this gospel. He said it so that we would be confident in its truth and accuracy. So from the very beginning of the New Testament, we can be confident of its truth and accuracy. Excellent references all over the centuries have written and councils have been held to make sure that what we read in our own language, our languages are accurate. In the last century, when many copies and partial copies close to the original documents have been available to experts in Hebrew and Greek, we can be assured that what we are reading is real. It is true, it is accurate. Skeptics such as C.S. Lewis, Josh McDowell, Ravi Zacharias, Chuck Colson, and Lee Strobel, a journalist, more recent journalist, have written about their own about-face turn from skepticism to belief in Jesus. The Bible is accurate, it's powerful, and will change your life. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here. Because <laughs> you know these things, but it's kind of like when Paul wrote to Peter and said, I know you know these things already, but this is just to remind you of these things. So may this encourage and inspire you. When God called my husband and me into a relationship with him early in our troubled marriage, we were challenged by a speaker to read God's word a minimum of five minutes a day. We agreed to ask God not let us sleep if we hadn't read our five minutes for the day. We prayed. We made a commitment, we made a covenant that, that we would read five minutes a day. Now, we had been churchgoers all of our life, okay? But the time came when it had to go beyond just attending church, and I'm sure all of you have God in your life outside of here, but we didn't. And so we were doing things backwards a lot of times that God wanted us to do His ways. So we agreed to do the five minutes a day, and honestly, there were times I lay on that bed and I couldn't go to sleep, and I couldn't go to sleep, and I realized I had not read. I had not read. So I got up, and you stand up at that point so you don't fall asleep while you're reading. <laughs> because if you fall asleep standing up, you'll wake up right away. <laughs> but that's true. <laughs> the results were spectacular. God's words challenged us to choose his ways of behavior. And as we did, our lives were dramatically transformed. 2 Corinthians 5.17 became a reality in our lives. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, look, all things have become new. And that word become, in, in many scholars say, is also they, all things are becoming new. It's not just that instant of salvation. It's also that growth that we experience day by day. Let's encourage one another to believe and trust his word as truth. Or, as we've said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
We have been the washing of the water of God's word. We are kind of brainwashed, shall we say? We are, our brain is being washed by the water of God's word. It's the right kind of brainwashing to do. God's word works. By the way, this is a large part of why the Adult and Teen Challenge residential programs have, get this, a 73% success rate of those who graduate. We're talking substance use disorder that with many has gone on for years. We're talking about alcoholism, which these are diseases biologically as well, many times, as well as um, a, a habit that someone gets and the body chemistry changes. But even with that, it's a 73%. And that was research was done several years ago, I think two or three years ago, summers ago, uh, by an independent agency that did the, the research for that. We bring materials into the jails to help women to uh, soak in God's word, applying their concept, these concepts to everyday life. They choose to make informed and empowered choices each day. God's word works for them as well. And we found that even without the full year program, although that's really recommended, and if you've had 10 years in addiction, let's take a year off and, and do, do that year and, and grow that way. But I found women on the street, of course, they kind of go like this, but they have found success. And I run into women all the time who say, Kathy, is that you? And I look at them and I don't know who they are. Well, you know, 10 years ago, they'll say, you were in the jail and so-and-so was with you and, and you told us about Jesus and I went to prison and I read my Bible every day. I studied. I began putting into practice what you shared with us. I did those Bible studies. Do you remember writing to me? And I asked her name. She said, oh, yes, I remember you. But she looked so different. 10 years makes a difference to begin with. But also, she had that light in her and that life. This happens all the time with us and with the 31 volunteers. It's just amazing to see what God can do, even without a full year program. Um, good. Secondly, oh, I wanted to show you this. This is the Bible we currently are taking into the jails. Do you see it has the ships on it? And we, we tell our ladies that the ships are great, but they stay in the dock unless they allow the wind to come into the sails. And that's like us, until we allow his spirit to come into our life and we give him permission to lead us and guide us and we follow then that's how we can go ahead and sail into the seas of life and not just sit at the dock and wonder what's happening. Um, in September, oh, let's start here. Secondly, so that's part one, okay? Secondly, God wants us to trust in his love. From Genesis to Revelation, God tells us of his love for us, of his love for you. The prophets express the yearning of God's heart to have a close and living relationship with his people who are constantly being led astray by their lack of focus on him. We sang about that just a, a few minutes ago. We are so easily, ooh, something sparkly. Oh, squirrel, squirrel, you know? 
That's how we are in our life. We are just that way. We get so easily distracted. And sometimes we get distracted. You ever go into a room and you don't remember what you went into that room for? And then you see something else that needs to be done. I'm sure no one in here experiences that. And, and you see something else that needs to be done, so you start on that, right? Okay, well, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. And if we are not purposeful, purposefully allowing time for God in our life and refocus and refocus, reboot, reboot, you know, what happens is we get distracted and don't do the things that we know in our heart we would like to do. It isn't a matter of we should do this. It's a matter of we have the opportunity to do this. Um, in September 2019, our regional adult and teen challenge leaders, that's in the Pacific Northwest, were impressed to use the word focus for 2020 without realizing why the need for that focus would be so great. Remember 2020? Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Well, this was September prior to that, and the word was focus, and they're all, they all really felt like they've been praying. All they felt of focus was, they're going, I wonder why we're doing focus. And then February and March hit of 2020, and away we went. Focusing on and trusting in God's love helped us as a region not just survive, but to thrive throughout that year 2020. God's love for us, and especially for all those with addictions and stress from previous traumas, it made all the difference. Focusing, turning every time we were tempted to go with, uh, and, and have fear, to turn and see what God was going to do. We just kept deliberately rebooting, returning to do that. And it made, we made it through. Uh, our centers, we didn't lose one residential center during that time. In fact, by the end of 2021, we had opened three more centers. Isn't that wonderful? And from time to time, COVID had come through a whole, you know, a, a campus, and they would buckle down and pray and seek God and do the medication they needed to and take all their tests and wear the masks and do everything. And God brought them all through. And we have wonderful stories of people who, who have gone through our programs and made it through in spite of all this other going on. Has God's love for us, and especially for all those with addictions and stress from previous traumas, made all the difference, as I said. It says in Jeremiah 31.3, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, and you know this verse, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you to me with loving kindness. He is drawing us to himself now. That verse was from Jeremiah's day. How much more are we able to approach God through Jesus' sacrifice for us? How much more can we understand the depth of that love? His love never, ever quits. Even if you walk away from him, which heaven forbid we do, he still loves you. But his hands are tied by our ability to choose him or not. That's part of the deal is we have to do the choosing and we have to do the following. But he will be right smack behind us every step of the way as we're walking away from you. But he has to allow him to, us to lead, just like the rich young ruler. He had to allow him to lead as well. So it... It's prudent for us to, to follow and to continue to focus on him. 
We're reminded that Jesus is the good shepherd from Psalm 23. And this is from my dining room. Isn't that precious? It's just a precious, precious picture of Jesus, the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. And I brought something to read to you, and I have copies of it here, if you would like them when we're finished today. Um, I'm going to read that in a moment, but I remember my mom telling me after she was healed and delivered, after her 10-year addiction to what we call scripts or prescription drugs, that she finally knew that he loved her. He really loved her. He didn't just tolerate her. She would go into church just before it started, and she'd sit in the very back. And then when church was over, she'd slip out and go to the car real quick. She figured God just tolerated her, but didn't really love, love her. And she found out when she began building that experience with him through his word, through his people, through his spirit, that he loved her with an everlasting love. Jesus loves me, this I know, right? For the Bible tells us so. It's so simple. And that's what we take inside the jail. That's what, when we can't go in the jail, we go out on the street. Or we go to our store owners, our local businesses, who need that extra boot and that extra encouragement. That's where we go to. We go to a hospital. We go to Cadillac every week, and we have bags of goodies for two floors a week. And we have a bag of goodies for them. And you should see them go through. I went to one of the receptionists on one of the floors, and she opened it up, and she's digging, right? She's just digging. And I said, I have this, I have that. She says, no, I know what I'm looking for. <laughs> and it was the reasons, R-E-I-S-E-N-S. She said, that's it, that's it. And started pulling out of that. I mean, her face was like a child. She was all excited. If we can do that for the staff at Catholic Hospital or some of the other places, we should be doing that to encourage them as they go through just real traumatic things themselves with the, the patients that they work with. We mail and distribute our teaching newsletters. We hand address each envelope and write a note to each woman. Why? And they're short notes, by the way. Why do we do this? Each of us needs to receive love. Each woman is reminded of God's love through us each local business owner is reminded of God's love through us. Women on the street and in the jails are reminded of God's love through us. As Mother Teresa once said, when she shared hope on the streets of Calcutta, we can do small things with great love. We show that love through kindness in Jesus' name. We use smart kindness on the streets here in our area, and we try to have things that truly help people and doesn't just enable them. It works on the problem and not just the most visible need. We try to be wise in how we do these things. Jesse Campos and our residential men's campus is on Pearl Street over here, and they have they will have a capacity for 20 men in that program. And it's a year-long residential program, and we've seen wonderful things come there. Life Renewal is our state licensed substance misuse outpatient program behind the Walgreens on 20th and Court. Okay, and our soup, and it's all state licensed stuff. 
So if someone says, well, we don't want to pay for this program, we'll say, great, go on down to Life, uh, life Renewal. And all of them are state licensed. And we have our super thrift on 12th and Sylvester, you know that wonderful thrift store? Donate to them, please, if you have things and they, if you have a good number of things, they can pick them up for you. Um, they're wonderful. And that money goes back into the community and it's for the community. So it's pretty cool. So the following is how God sees us and others who are away from his love. And this is what I'll have a copy of before we're done. Every once in a while, a ewe, will, the female sheep, many of you are from farms here locally, will give birth to a lamb and reject it. There are many reasons she may do this. If the lamb is returned to the ewe, the mother may even kick the poor animal away. Once a ewe rejects one of her lambs, she will never change her mind. Let me know if that's not true if you have sheep. These little lambs will hang their heads so low that it looks like something is wrong with its neck. Their spirit is broken. These lambs are called bummer lambs. Unless the shepherd intervenes, that lamb will die, rejected and alone. So do you know what the shepherd does? He takes that rejected little one into his home. He hand feeds it and keeps it warm by the fire. He will wrap it up with blankets and hold it to his chest so that the bummer can hear his heartbeat. Once the lamb is strong enough, the shepherd will place it back in the fold, in the field with the rest of the flock. But that sheep never forgets how the shepherd cared for him when his mother rejected him. When the shepherd calls for the flock, guess who runs to him first? That's right, the bummer sheep. He knows his voice intimately. It is not that the bummer lamb is loved more, it just knows intimately the one who loves it. It is not that it is loved more, it just believes it because it has experienced that love one-on-one. -on -one. So many of us are bummer lambs rejected and broken, and the majority of the ladies that we work with have gone through rejection and all sorts of things. And sometimes they're just a spitfire and go do stuff they shouldn't. And then they end up caught in that whirlpool of what's going down the drain. He cares for our every need and holds us close to his heart so that we can hear his heartbeat. We may be broken, but we are deeply loved by the shepherd. And that's taken from Sheila Walsh's book, Love Back to Life. Sheila Walsh had struggled with um, uh, different situations in her life that caused mental health issues. And um, she found, found her savior in some good counseling to help her. And the rest is history. She's public figure. Let's allow the Good Shepherd to hold us close, to fill us with the Spirit, and empower us to reach out as He did, and see even greater things in His name. He specializes in divine appointments. In other words, if all we need to do is to fill up and to show up, then He'll take care of the rest. Thank you. Would you like me to pray? Yes, please. Okay. Yeah, let's pray. 
Oh, Father, again, I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. There are such wonderful people here and dear people, but Lord, each one of us at different times goes through challenging times. Father, I just pray for each individual here that you would help each person face the challenges and the struggles of each day that they are faced with. Father, help us to draw close to you. You are drawing us to you. Help us to come close to you and nestle into your arms and receive the strength and the encouragement that we need each day. Those of us who, who need to know you personally rather than just officially knowledge of you, Father, help us to receive you into our lives so that you from the inside out can do those wonderful changes and empower us to be the, the individuals you've, you've called us to be. Help stir up those gifts and callings in us that you've called us to. Help us not be afraid. We just thank you in the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.